0: We thank you for your son, how you sent him. God, you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ. The God became man and he died on the cross for our sins. God, he was torn apart, abused, rejected. And he went to the cross, faithful and obedient. And he rose again that we might have intimacy with our father. We might have intimacy through Jesus Christ that we can come boldly because of the blood of Jesus. We thank you, God talk with you about communion with God. We've been talking about, you know, this whole day about intimacy in our prayer life. And I think intimacy and communion go just hand in hand. And who all knows that we can have a communion with God? Amen. So the definition of commune or to commune is to talk together, usually with profound intensity and intimacy and to interchange thoughts or feelings. So again, I say we all know that we have communion with God, but do we... Really realize It's not, yeah, we have communion with God But no, we can talk with God Usually profound intensity And intimacy And interchanging thoughts or feelings with God So it's not just Me interchanging my thoughts and my feelings About God, but it's Letting The God of all creation, the God of the universe He created everything we see The things we don't see He has things to say He has things to speak And things He wants to share with me Things he wants to share with you and really it's our personal time I'm talking about like our one on one time. He has things he wants to say. So let God set the agenda. A lot of times, you know, when we when I come to pray, it's there's things on my mind, there's things I want to get off, you know, my chest to God. Or I'm out of breath from playing that song, sorry. <clears throat> so there's things I want to say and there's things I want to present to God. But a lot of times I think my two points, humility and let God set the agenda, kinda of go together. You know, we think of be still and know that I am God. And then Hebrews eleven six: anybody that comes to him must believe that he is. And so rather than just coming and thinking all that I have, all that's going on, realize who we're coming to. That we're coming to the creator of all things. And it, that doesn't even scratch the surface if we start to think about space and the infinite, and, um, just space and the depths of space and like all these things he's created, how much power God has. And that we're not just coming to this God in in just like so, you know, religious ways or anything like that. But we're coming to a God that wants to speak to us. That wants to have intimacy with us. So it's not just me again, giving God all these things I need, these uh, requests or fears. But mainly I, I just think encourage y'all, let God set the agenda. Just set yourself before Him. Be still. Know that He is God. And that goes with humility. You know, as much as as much as we desire to share with God. He desires even more to share with us what his heart is, what he wants to say, what he wants to show me in my life. And then uh, I want to get into honesty too. So I just praying about this. I think a lot of, about Psalms and what David did. And he's just such an inspiration to me in his prayer life and the way he worshiped really inspires me. And Psalm 51 6 says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. And you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So it says, to God, you delight in truth in the inward being. So God delights in truth when you're open with him, when you're honest before him. It may not be pretty. It may not be uh, correct. You might be wrong in saying it, but he wants the truth. He wants your heart. Because right. he wants to change us. But think of the Psalms and what David did. A lot of Most of the Psalms I see, David came to God and he presented the need in his life whether it was sin that he committed, whether it was an attack of the, uh, an enemy, or fear, or worry, whether he didn't know where God was, like, God, where are you? How long, how long will you do this? Or how long will you be, you know, absent from me? He didn't care. He just presented it to God. And God wants that honest heart. He wants us to be honest and open with him in Psalm fifty-one seventeen, So the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a, and a broken contract heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. God desires the brokenness. He desires every aspect of your life. He you don't want just prim and proper prayer. Like we come, okay, I got my 30 minutes of reading the Bible. I got my 30 minutes of prayer. But he wants our hearts. He wants the intimacy. And the God of the universe, our God wants that with you. He wants to share with you, and he wants to take that burden. He wants to take the fear. He wants to take the worry. And then replace that with his love, replace that with who he is. And so... Again, we see in Psalms, like David presents his state, what's going on, his fears, his worries, his convictions, the threats of the enemy, what's going on around him. He presents all that to God. And then he cries out to God. He lifts his voice audibly. He speaks with God. He lets God know what is going on. And he says, Lord, save me. He asks for deliverance in so many things or wisdom. And I think that's so important. Again, it goes with honesty, being open before the Lord, letting him know these things. And then it's not even that we're just honest and that, God, this is what I'm going through. This guy's at works terrible, or this my friends betrayed me, and uh, this just is what it is. Just please deal with it. Like, deal with it, God. This is your problem now. But no, he's presenting to God, and he's not just leaving it there, but he's then, in almost all the Psalms, he goes into praise. He remembers who God is. He remembers the testimony of God in the how he delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians, how he delivered David countless times from enemies and battles. He remembers, he sets his heart on who God is. So I encourage you, be honest before the Lord. Have a right perspective of who you're talking to, you know. I'm talking to God, my Father, and yes, we have all access. And that even that should mean even more, we should just sit and allow God to move, allow him to speak. What is he, God, what do you want to do just in, in your one-on-one time? God, what do you want to say to me today? What are you trying to show me? Where's my heart? And just present yourself to God. I think that's a big thing of intimacy is just presenting ourselves to God fully, not just some of the things or some of our heart, but all of our heart. In all honesty, in the shortcomings, your failures, your sins, your victories, presenting yourself to God and letting him deal with that. And then it's worshiping God. It's worshiping for who he is. Like my mom was talking about earlier, is thinking on the things that God has done and actually saying, God, you've forgiven me my sins. Go read through the Psalms and pray through the Psalms. You, David just says like the simplest things that we would think are so easy just to say. Like, oh that's so simple, I know that. But God's forgiven me my sins, He's cleansed me from my iniquities, He's saved me, He's delivered me. Just remind yourself of what God has done. In all this, in all this intimacy and communion we've been talking about today, we need the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been promised the comforter, which is the one called alongside. The Holy Spirit is the one that bears witness about Jesus and glorifies him. He bears testimony to the things seen, heard, transacted, or experienced. And the Holy Spirit guides the believers in the way of truth and glorifies Jesus. He guides us into a fuller revelation of Jesus, who is the truth. So I encourage you in your personal lives. Um, you, we can stand. We'll get ready to just kind of make an altar where you are. But I encourage you to really ask God to just give you a revelation. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of Jesus. That when we come, we you know who we're coming to. We're coming to a God who is above on almighty that, and he loves us. And he gave his only son, like we just sang, he gave us his son, Jesus, that we might have that intimacy with him and present your heart before him, present your need before him and then worship him. Leave that with him and you worship him in faith. So we're going to go into a time of altar for a little bit. Just pray, just make an altar where you are. Come to these altars, um, whatever you want to do.
1: So the spiritual gifts in the prayer meeting. So the topic that I'm going to be talking about a little bit more is going to be more of, I guess you could say, corporate, a corporate work of what it's like for the spiritual gifts to function in the prayer meeting. And I want to make a statement and open it up and just read it to you. And I want to say this is that a prayer meeting without the gifts of the spirit is a prayer meeting without the power and love of God manifested. And I really do believe that that we can structure prayer meetings. We can even say, I have a prayer meeting from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, and we have this, and we even have a lineup. But if the spiritual gifts are not there, then God's manifested power and His love is really lacking in that prayer meeting. Because the truth is that it is through the spiritual gifts that God gives to His believers, that He moves through His believers, that He expresses and manifests His love for His people and His power in their midst. And so this is why this is such an important topic for us, that we need the spiritual gifts in the prayer meeting in every way. And so I'm just going to give you three things up there. If you have the little pamphlet, it's not accurate, just go with the screen. The first thing I just want to say is this: that the gifts, and this is all based off 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to look there at another time, you can study it for yourself. But knowing this, that the gifts are from God. The gifts come from God fully. And that the Bible makes it very clear in this chapter of 1 Corinthians 12, is that none of the spiritual gifts originate with you. They all originate with God. They come from God. He chooses who gets what. He chooses how he cho- chooses to give gifts. It is his choice. And this is important for us to understand, approaching the prayer meeting, because it's important for us to understand that we don't earn gifts. We don't twist God's arm. We don't make God give us gifts. We don't do something to do that. Because if we did, then we, when we would use the gifts, we would have the right to brag in ourselves for getting the gifts. But the reality is this, is that God gives us the gifts. It's all from him. So that he gets all the glory so that however we're able to use a gift, it goes back to the father. God, you gave me this and any ability I have to do and use it is for your glory. So when you come to a prayer meeting, understanding this, anything we do, it comes from God. The spiritual gifts come from God. The second thing on there is that the gifts build his church. Once again, in second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul makes it extremely clear the purpose of the gifts. Why are we giving these gifts? So that we could build the church up, so that the, 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 co- the common good of the saints, so that the body of Christ could be strengthened, could be equipped, could be lifted up, could be exhorted, whatever it is. So that when go- the people of God gather in a prayer meeting or gather in any service together, that the spiritual gifts that God would give us as believers would cause other believers to be strengthened and to be used of God, that their faith might increase so that they could continue on and carry on and be a good soldier. Jesus Christ. And this, this means for us very clearly that the gifts allow us to not just be spectators, but to be participators. And this is just the truth. The gifts that are given to us for the common good of the body allow us not to just spectate at a prayer meeting, but to be a participator. And I pray that each one of us would really understand that this is what God desires to do for in our lives through us. The gifts are not for building our name on our fame and definitely not our ministry, but they are given for for Jesus' name and his fame and for his glory in the earth and in the church. The third thing, very simply, is this, that the gifts must be exercised by faith. So you've got the gifts come from God, the gifts build his church and they function in a prayer meeting or in a service, but they must be exercised by faith. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he said this, that to stir up the gift of God in you, the gift that was given to you, fan it into flames, right? Stir it up, work it up, don't let it sit dormant. And the reality is that we can come to a prayer meeting and not actually live in the gifts that God has given us to build the body and to glorify Christ. And what Jesus desires for us, that when we come to a prayer meeting, and we're going to come to one tonight, and many of you are going to go to one when you go home. He desires for each and every one of us because the Bible makes it clear in this chapter also that everybody is given gifts of the Lord. It's not for the elite. It's for all. There is no elite status. They're all, we are all on common ground together in Christ Jesus. And he gives us the gifts for this. And so in that, we must come to a prayer meeting with faith to exercise the gifts and to stir these things up and not sit on it. And so you, you, you at F&T know me pretty well. I love illustrations. So, Michael and uh, Ben, if you could come up. I want, I want to illustrate these truths because I want you to see how it works in a prayer meeting. I want you to, there's three players at, at, at play here. My, Ben's got to tie himself up. There's three people at, at play here. There's myself, there's Ben, and we're going to pretend Michael is God. And so we're pretending here that we, bonds the bonds have broken. Okay. Um, you got to pull them tighter, Ben. You got to pull them tighter. I, but I want you to see this. Just put them on. We'll worry about it later. I want you to understand this. When we gather in a prayer meeting, we come together with the saints of God. And there are people who sometimes come and feel like they're in bond. They're broken. They come through hardships. And they come into the house of God in prayer meetings, and they're downcast. And they don't know how to set free. And just hold this when well, no, I'll hold it. And I can come over here, and I can look at them all day long, and I can say, I love you, Ben, and I want you to be free. And I, and I would try to rip this apart and rip this apart, and I don't have the ability to do so. But like I said earlier, God gives his gifts. They come from God and he gives them to his people. And the, the, believer, could, the believer could come to God. To to God. Michael, we'll back up a little bit. You pretend to be God for us. He could come to God. And the believer says, Father, my brother and sister has a need tonight. And you are the one that all gifts come from. Would you give me what's necessary to help them? And I would ask the Father. And the Father essentially would give the good gifts that he gives us. And in a moment in time, one little snip of the scissors, right, would I don't want to cut you. We completely set free everything in his life. And, and I, I give you that, that illustration simply because of this. We have to come to the prayer meeting. Because there's saints of God that need us. There's people in the body of Christ that need us to come together. That say God has given me the gifts of Jesus Christ. Of the Holy Spirit to go into the body. And to help those who are downcast in the altar. And so even tonight, I just say this to you, I would charge you with this. Would you come in that manner? Would you come in that way? Would you respond in that faith? Would you say, I'm asking the Father, I'm not earning, I'm asking the Father to give me gifts to profit his body for the common good and for me to not just sit on them, because sometimes that's what we do. Maybe we get the gifts and we come and we just sit and we expect God. It's like, God, just do something like that. And it's like, it's right here. Can we move in faith? And so when we gather tonight, I pray that tonight we would be people of faith and that we would express the gifts of God when you come to a prayer meeting. Praise God. Let's, and so if you would right now, this is what I'd ask you to do. Take a moment and respond to God. Make an altar where you're at. Make an altar. And when we mean make an altar, we don't just mean just to stand or do something. We mean do business with the Lord. Allow the Lord to do business with you. Maybe you've walked in here today and you've said, I don't believe that God could use me. The scriptures say he's given you the spiritual gifts to do something for one another. And so make an altar. If you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to come to the altars, whatever it is you want to do, you do. But ask God to speak to you. Talk to him about the gifting he wants to do in your life. Talk about how he wants to use you. And thank him and give him
2: praise.
3: all the glory jesus because you deserve it father thank you jesus thank you for this day thank you for what you are doing in our hearts in our lives because you are changing things in us because you are giving us your vision giving us your desire and we appreciate that father we thank you we thank you for being being that careful with us, Father. In all the world, there are many places that they are just following false gods. They don't know you. But here we have the privilege to hear from you. And Father, we ask that you help us to be faithful to what you are showing us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Are you enjoying the conference? Amen. Awesome. Last week I was coming to the country, and when you come, you have to go through immigration. And me being a Peruvian or Latin American, many times I've been sent to the second revision. You know, they send you to another room just to check on you. That has happened to me a lot. There used to be a drug dealer with my name. So every time I came, they took me to the other room, check if I have tattoos, you know, scars and all that. Okay, you are not him. You can go. But last week, they took me uh, to uh, check again, and so the guy said, what, what, what are you coming? why are you coming here? So I said, uh, I'm coming to a conference, a church conference. So do you have papers? So I had my registration, you know, I have printed it. And then he, the guy read that it was a prayer conference. And when he read that, his, his face was like, prayer conference? It was like my, he said, "My brother is a pastor." He said, "You know, uh, he, he named the denomination, but I'm not gonna say it." So, uh, and there there are conferences, you know, uh, but prayer. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna be praying all day? <sighs> so I knew the guy had no idea, you know, at all. But he was acting as if he knew things, because probably his brother was a pastor, you know. So what what are you gonna do? No, I'm sure I told him. I'm sure we are gonna pray, but that's not gonna be all. They are gonna be teaching, you know, about prayer or sharing. The speakers are gonna be sharing about about prayer. And but he said, but but we pray every day. We we I mean we pray every morning, you know. It's like in his mind he didn't have an idea what we could do in a prayer conference, you know. So I understood that he had. He he didn't have any idea, but I understood that, I tried to explain him, but he was not going to get it, you know? So I just, I just kept quiet, just answering. He, he asked me, what are your favorite Bible verses, you know, he asked me a few questions. But that teaches me that sometimes we come to God like that with our ideas of what he's trying to teach us. And God is trying to talk to us, but we are so busy, you know, telling him what we believe that he keeps silent, I guess, you know, he's like, like this guy. So if you already know, I don't have nothing to teach you, you know, because all his questions were like, I know, you know, so, but I'm glad that we have come here with a different heart. Amen. We didn't have any expectations of uh, what we were going to learn or do, so. I'm glad that we're here, and uh, it's a privilege for me also to share with you. Uh, last night, uh, for those of you that were here, it was it was great. You know how how we, I mean, we are awakened to the times that we're living. Dangerous times, and when we are in trouble, we need to come to our Father. We need to pray, that's the time to pray. And I want to share with you about the times of Isaiah the prophet. He also living a dark time in the history of Israel. Because when you read the first chapters of Isaiah, he's declaring by the Holy Spirit that the people are rebellious. He's declaring that the earth will be destroyed. That God has had enough of their sacrifices, that God is weary of bearing their feet. He even mentions that the city has become, w h uh, o r e, because uh, it's a strong word for me. But it's in the Bible. The city has become that. He Isaiah says. That God is against the proud and lofty, that the Lord will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of his people. And if you read those first five chapters, he's hitting everything that is wrong in his time. I mean, God is using him because we know know that he spoke through the Spirit of God. So God is using him to point everything that is bad, wrong. And as uh, Pastor Lee shared yesterday, what do you do when you are in trouble times? Go to Father. And that's what he does in chapter 6. He goes to the temple, and the Bible tells us that he has a revelation of the holiness of God. He said he, does, he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The, uh, the, the seraphim, you know, uh, covering their faces, singing, saying one to another, Holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So Isaiah is in God's presence and he sees how holy is God. And immediately, like when you turn on the light sometimes on the kitchen around 2 a.m., you see a little things running, you know? I don't know if that happened, you know? Something. Maybe another house. Your neighbor, yeah. (laughs) You turn off that light and, you know, because when you turn off that light immediately, you know, those, those things that were hidden are exposed and they run. So he, I mean, in God's presence, it's like the sun show up, you know, completely. There was no nowhere where he could hide himself. And the Bible says that what he discovers in God's presence, it says in Isaiah 6, 5. And I say, woe is me, for I am lost. Why, Isaiah? Why are you lost? Have you been living a, a, a double life? Have you been lying? Have you been stealing? What have you been doing? Why? Why are you lost? He says, I am a man. Of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people. Of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts. What was his biggest sin? What was his biggest problem? What was that he was able to see. When that light shines so powerfully what, what because i mean is the first thing that you notice probably is the biggest one yeah the first thing that you notice is, the, is it probably the greatest one the biggest one and what he discovers above everything is that he has unclean lips and that was not just his problem, but we, because he also discovers that it's not just his problem, but also is the problem of the whole country. The main thing that he discovers that bothers God is the mouth and clean lips. I mean, I'm a pastor, and if you ask any pastor here, you can ask him, what what do you think is the main problem of your city, of your country? He will tell you drugs, crime, uh, abuse, etc. And and if you ask a pastor, "What's what's the main problem in your church? What's the biggest thing in your church? He will tell you something else. Nobody will answer. My biggest problem is my unclean lips. Or the biggest problem in my church are their lips, the mouth. So, why do I, sh- I share this? Because it has to do with prayer, too. Because what is prayer in the basic meaning? or what we've been, we've been hearing all day and yesterday. We've been hearing about prayer and praise, yeah, and exaltation. What, what, what is the means for that? Our mouth. It's not our feet. Well, to dance, yeah, we use our feet, but to jump. But the main, the main tool, I will say like that, for prayer and worship is our mouth. As, as Pastor Lee said, it, it, it's, it's not praise if you keep it quiet in your heart. You have to express it. And what, what is the tool that you use to express? The mouth. The mouth. And as a doctor needs all his instruments clean for surgery, what I say and notice is that he said, I, I have never seen that I have a problem with my mouth. And I had never seen that my people had a problem with their mouth. The mouth, how important it is. Well, if you you read the chapters of Isaiah from uh, 1 to 5, when he's talking under the anointing, there's nothing wrong. Everything is clean. That's why it's in the scripture. So the problem is not when I am preaching... The problem is not when I am giving God's word. The problem is when I leave this place, what my mouth says. And God is listening and recording every word that comes out of my mouth. And we have seen in history how many people have got in trouble because they were recording them when they didn't know. Yeah? Oh, in Peru, the politicians are like our daily bread. All the time they are releasing, you know, private conversations, not while they were giving their discourse, you know, but when they were... In the restaurant with their partner, you know, hey, you know, split this half and half, you know, this part for you, let's do this, let's do that. It's not when they were in their office. So, is God listening everything I say? What I say is pleasing to Him? What do I say when I am not here? What do I say when, uh, uh, about God, about his provision, about his love? What do I say when I am out in this world? For example, in in Isaiah, in in the same book, God says this. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. When did they say that? But God heard. What did he hear? That they were complaining, that they were... He heard words without faith. He heard words without faith. People just saying, oh, you know... This I'm going through, God doesn't care. And God said, I'm hearing. I'm listening. Why do you say that? He says. So, Isaiah sees that problem. And we could expand on that. But what is God's solution? God's, God's solution. We know what happened to Isaiah. He says that an angel took a burning coal from the altar, and put it in his mouth. And in that way, he was purified, so he was able to do his ministry. If God sees a problem, there is a solution from him. Amen? And you will see how important it is that, for example, when Jesus was baptized, he says that the Holy Spirit came upon him, In what form? Like a dove. There is a meaning in that. There is a reason for that. But then we know that Jesus told their disciples, you shall receive power. When? After the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And if you read in the day of Pentecost, it says that, They were all together in one place and suddenly there there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why the Holy Spirit didn't come as a dove? Why the Holy Spirit didn't come as a flaming heart? I mean, if you're a Catholic, you would have loved that, yeah? No. God was giving a message. As a apostle, you know that you put a square in, in a square. You put a circle in the circle. What part of the body the Holy Spirit came to burn, to touch? What is what they saw? They didn't see an arm. They didn't see a leg. What did they see? Tongue of fire. Because God says, this is the way. I am sanctifying my people. And this is the way I am giving them power. Through my Holy Spirit. It's gonna manifest in what way? Filling them with power, but you, we usually have assumed that power is something that we feel, something that we—I don't know. You know, as Pastor as, as Lee was saying, you know, something mystical. But I like what he said because in Ephesians says, you know, be not be not drunk with wine, we're in the excess, but we feel with the Spirit. How? Because a tongue of fire have come, and now you have to speak. The Holy Spirit will fill you when you speak. It says, speaking to yourself in sounds and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I mean, this is exciting because God has solved that problem. But we have to exercise it. So I have to be careful of what, what I say. You know, like the like psalmist said, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over my, the door of my lips. Because we may think that in our heart we're having faith, but our mouth may be saying something different. And we all know James 3, when it talks about the tongue, and that verse, that, that chapter really encouraged me a lot, and I hope it encourages you before we finish. Because he says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide the whole, their whole bodies as well. Look at the chips also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So, help me, Bible scholars. What or who is the chip on that verse? When James says, he's giving an example. Yeah, who, what or who is the chip? It's you, eh? Is, are we? It's you, okay? Okay, what are the strong winds? What are the strong winds? Come on, don't don't look at me. Say something. Huh? Good. Trials. What else? Anything that wants to move us from our course. Could be temptation, anything. And what is the rudder? Come on. The tongue. Yeah, it's the tongue. The tongue. So look at this. What James is saying is saying that your mouth is going to direct your life. I mean, I, I, thank God I didn't write that because it sounds crazy, but, uh, but your mouth is going to direct your life. We all are hit by winds all the time and if you're having a happy life come to Peru (laughs) we all are being hit all the time by winds doctrinal winds everything demons, people sickness everything that wants to move us from our place and we cry God help us And God says, I'm not taking that brother. That brother is on your hands. And what we've been sharing all this week. Pray to God. Pray the scriptures. Praise him. Lift up your voice. If your life is going somewhere... Do something about it. And you know what you have to do? Pray. Worship. Use your mouth. Remember God's promises. Because we are all being moved everywhere. But by the Holy Spirit, we have a tool that we can use to glorify Him. To worship Him. And he will change the path that we are going. So finishing now this now afternoon session. This is the last one. Maybe your life, you see your life going different directions. And sometimes being moved. But remember, God has given us power through his Holy Spirit. And that power is when we pray, when we worship, when we remember His promises and we express. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then our lives that we thought it was going to end, you know, in, in a rock. God puts my life where He wants me to put it. Can you stand on your feet, please? And... Let's pray. Let's finish this service. Let's finish this morning lifting our voices to God, remembering His promises, telling Him what we want Him to do, praying if we are in need, praising Him, telling Him how great He has. God, You are great. Father, You have been so good to me, and You will keep me till the end, Father. I don't know how You will help me, God, but You will help me. You are by my side, Lord. You are by my side. You will help me, Father. Thank you, Lord. My life is in your hands, Father. I trust in you. I trust in you. Oh, I I won't trust what men say. I will trust you. I trust in you, Jesus. You have been faithful.